Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. And our topic today is becoming a great leader, the big picture. Becoming a great leader, the big picture. And the reason uh, I chose this topic uh, was not only because I feel like I'm constantly trying to give perspective to pastors at different seasons of their lives of the big picture, uh, but uh, I had an experience with two young pastors uh, from Eastern Europe after our leadership conference uh, a few weeks ago that really impacted me. And uh, they had come to New York for the, and uh, they were at our conference. We met afterwards. And they had just been through a, a very difficult situation, a split. Uh, and they were just, they were shattered. Their, their illusions uh, had about leadership and pastoring had been crushed. And so I asked them, you know, what questions are they carrying? And they had, a, they had about, you know, five or six. And here's some of the things they, they, they asked me. They said, oh, Pete, who do I trust? How do I trust people? I'm so disappointed in, in them. And, uh, you know, nobody takes care of us here. It's not like the marketplace where people get taken care of in their jobs. And, and, and they said, that, like, I don't feel like anyone understands our pain. And they think I'm complaining, but I'm really very lonely, the lead pastor said. And they asked, why can't God bring a father figure who will unlock part of our destiny? Why are we alone in this? And, and, and you know, we poured our life into people, and, and now we're misunderstood and slandered. These are people we've loved for, for so long. And, and, and one of them said, I, I expected people to support me and know the pain of my walk and our integrity. And, uh, and as a lead pastor, I just expected that. And then, and then they finally they said, I, I don't get it. People are so slow to respond. To dis- even discipleship, and they just don't appreciate what we do. And, and you know, in response, as I, as I pondered it, and I, I asked them to actually put the tape recorder on of your phone, and I said, I'd like to give you a bit of perspective, because I said, it's going to be very hard for you to remember what I'm going to say. And so, so uh, you know, I'll try to summarize a bit of what I said there, because I, I realize it's not the first time I said it. Uh, but it's important, especially if you're listening and you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. Um, and I was influenced early on in a very positive way by a book called The Making of a Leader by Bobby Clinton. And uh, it had a big influence on me. He was, he's, I think he's now emeritus. He was a professor at Fuller Theological Seminary. And his work over the decades was on how God makes leaders. So he wrote this book. The, 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 the uh, popular version is called The Making of a Leader by Nav Press. And his basic thesis was this. Um, In the first 15 to 20 years of your leadership, the biggest thing that's happening is not what you're doing externally, but it's what's happening inside of you. That the primary work of God, your first 15 to 20 years, is inside of you. If you bear any fruit, it's all a gift. But you're really not going to start bearing fruit uh, until that period is over. And until you've passed a number of phases uh, and and tests that God will bring your way, but He's working in you. And so He actually outlined some of the tests. And I'm gonna I add to His tests. So He's got tests that leaders must pass in those first fifteen to twenty years. Things like authority, how you handle being under authority that hurts you, or bad authority. And it's a test of how you respond to it. Think of David and Saul, and how David dealt with Saul before he ever entered into into his kingship. And Saul's out there trying to kill him, and yet he's somehow submitted in heart to Saul. Another test he mentions, Clinton says, in your early years, you're going to hit his conflict. 
how you handle conflict. And does it crush you? Do you avoid it? Do you suppress it? Do you get bitter? Uh, or do you actually, in humility, grow through it and learn how to negotiate differences and deal with hard conflict? Another test he mentions is betrayal. Uh, and another one is being misunderstood. And these are tests that every leader goes through. And his basic thesis, if you don't pass that test, you'll have to go through it again. If you don't pass it, then you'll have to go through it again. And you may never graduate to become a great leader because you don't do the inner work of those tests in the early decades. And so then when you're finally in your 50s and 60s, you're limited because you've because who you are has not been fundamentally transformed. So, uh, and I would add to those tests, the making of a leader uh, that Clinton mentions, things like tests of limits. You know, we, we hit these walls where we realize our own finiteness, our own inability, our own limits of gifts and talents and time. And the question is, how do you handle those limits? Do you, do you rage against them or do, you, or do you find God in them? Do you tumble into God? How do you handle dark nights of the soul when they come, when you can't feel God, when you wonder where God is and, and things are just, it's a valley? And what do you do in that dark night? Do you stay faithful to Jesus or do you basically quit until, he, until God gives you good feelings again? Uh, I, I, another big uh, common leadership uh, test that, I, that God brings to leaders, I believe, is the issue of boredom and staying stable and faithful when there's not a lot of fruit, when it seems boring. And you're being tempted by these exciting ministries that you read about in magazines and podcasts and all that stuff and pictures. That, and here you are, you're stuck with these finite, broken people in your ministry and how you handle that. Do you love them and serve them and stay with them? And then I think another big test for me is is how you handle your shadow, your self-revelation of who you are. Do you you have the courage to really do that hard look at yourself? Um, I'm talking about not just superficially. I'm talking about deeply uh, getting input, uh, going down roads to get to the roots of your shadow things that really tarnish and hurt your leadership. So God, you let Jesus into the deep parts of who you are. And uh, so here's what I said to these, these guys from, uh, from Eastern Europe. I said, you don't understand, guys. You're right where you're supposed to be. They're in their early 40s. I said, who do you, how do I trust people? Uh, I'm so disappointed in people. And I'm like, of course. That's, you're right. You, 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 we love people. Uh, you're, you're, you're the shepherds. You're, you're the one shepherding the sheep, and so uh, you're taking care of them. They're supposed to be able to trust you. The issue is not you trusting the sheep, it's them trusting you. Do you understand? You, you're looking for the sheep to take care of you. That's part of your immaturity. You're, 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 you want to be taken care of. But a shepherd doesn't go to sheep and take care of them. I, I don't ask my, my, my young teenager to pay the mortgage and, and to think about finances in our house. It's inappropriate. I mean, God's trying to grow you to be a mother and father of the faith. And, uh, and, and so part of it is, is growing up. It is lonely to be a leader. There is pain in being a leader. Uh, you're right. You, you can't go to them and expect them to understand what it's like to carry the pressure of leading a local church. It's enormous pressure. Uh, as Paul says in Corinthians, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. And as Paul referred to himself as an apostle, as, as a scum of the earth, the, the least, the, the end of the profession, you know, you know, garbage and treated like that by the world. In other words, you're, you're, you are alone. And where's the father figure to unlock your destiny? You know what? God gives us 
people at different points and they function as fathers and, you know, on, on certain areas. But I always wanted someone to come and rescue me. I always thought, oh, God, why can't you send somebody to me? And I can spare me all this pain and trying to figure things out. And, and he, he, just, he didn't seem to do it. But you know what God did do? God did send me at the right time, for the right season, different fathers along the way. And uh, I never fully appreciated them in the beginning because I wanted some Messiah to come. I wanted someone who would be God. I wanted someone who could help me in everything, not just in a sliver for a short period of time. So part of that loneliness of not finding a father figure is God's gift to you because it's going to drive you to God like nothing else. You're right. What God's asking you to do, what God's asking you to do in your ministry has never been done before. Never. You are breaking ground. You're unique. We've never had an unrepeatable person like you in leadership before. You're the first. And what God's asking you to do at this moment in history, uh, in your particular context, has never been done before. Do you understand? No one has done it. That's why you're there. And so that's why God gives us the Holy Spirit. Now, we have community. We need community. We need friends. We want to look for mentors as much as possible. Absolutely. But there's an element of loneliness of leadership that is part of growing up. Listen, I remember graduating kindergarten. I didn't want to go to elementary school. I didn't, when I graduated elementary school, I didn't want to go to high school. When I graduated high school, I didn't want to go to college. When I, gra- I didn't want to graduate college. I loved the cocoon of college. Growing up is hard. And you know what? Being lead pastor of a church, it's really hard. Leading anything is hard. It's lonely. And um, so being misunderstood and slandered, do you understand God sends people to you to misunderstand you? God sends people to you to slander you. God sends people to you to walk away from you. It's part of what happened to Jesus. And a student is not above his master. Uh, a servant is not above the master. A student is not above their, their teacher. And so this is, do you understand? God's working in you. This is the ministry right now. So if you're bearing any kind of fruit, that's awesome. But do you understand? You're really going to bear fruits later. And it's after about 20-plus years. Uh, it's going to happen. You're not going to make it happen because it's just going to happen naturally. A tree just, it, the fruit just comes. It just floats. In the same way, it's, your, it's out of your being that fruit's going to come. And uh, I've got a mentor, and I've, I'm always looking for mentors. And uh, so one of my mentors now is, is, is mid-70s. And he gave me some wisdom a number of years ago uh, as I was transitioning out of being lead pastor at New Life Fellowship. At that point, I was 56 years old. And he said to me, Pete, your best years are going to be your mid-60s. And he goes, your second best decade is going to be your mid-70s. And your third best decade will be your mid-50s. And I said, what? And I, honestly, when he told me that, I, I didn't believe it. And this guy is, has been a, uh, an executive coach for CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, as well as some of the largest Christian ministries in the world. He's been around doing this for like almost 50 years. So when he told me, I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. But now it's four years later, and uh, I just turned 60, and I'm telling you it's true. I feel it. I see it that even though I was a lead pastor for 26 years at New Life, I'm now coming at the end of four years post being the lead pastor. I'm on staff, but I'm not the person in charge of riches. And as EHS is unfolding, I mean, things are just coming to me, and I, I just I'm, I feel like I'm growing like crazy. I mean, I, God's doing so much in me, and, I, and things are unfolding at, you know, in ways I never expected. And I can see, like, I got five more years to hit my, hit my peak. 
And, uh, and I do really feel it's like everything kind of coming together. And so much scripture makes sense to me now. So much, I mean, I'm reading scripture and I'm seeing things with a clarity that I've never seen before. It surprises me. It just surprises me. I, 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 I just think there's certain developmental tasks that you, you, you just have to go through life with God over time and things begin to make sense. They, you begin to see things. I, I just, I just appreciate things and see things like I never, I, I'm, I'm on right now my own time with God in the morning. I'm doing Matthew six where Jesus says, do not practice your uh, righteousness uh, to be seen by men. Because if you do, uh, that's all the reward you will get. You know, your father will not reward you. And I, and I and he talks, then Jesus talks about prayer and fasting and giving. And I get it. Like he's, Jesus is so clear about you, you, you want to get to a place where you, you're, 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 you, don't, you only are looking for one thing, the father to say, well done. That you have one goal in life, and that goal is Jesus. He's the goal. It's not your ministry. It's not your family. The, the first goal of all goals is Jesus. He's your treasure. And that you've got to get free from what impressing people like that. That, but that takes a, that takes a long secret history with God. That takes years. So I do believe it now, and I want to encourage you. There are different temptations at different seasons of life. And there are certain temptations coming your way in your 20s and 30s and 40s uh, and 50s that are different as you grow older. So just be aware. I got, I got my own set of temptations now, but they're different. And I meet so many people in their, in their 60s and 70s now without any vision, like lost vision. like like, And that's a temptation of sloth, of laziness, of not using the talents that God has given you and invest them and out of fear bearing them or believing a lie that you're worthless. You understand we need intergenerational churches with the fire of youthfulness of teens and young adults and children and all ages. And we also need folks with wisdom in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s uh, to be doing their role. So here's my advice to you as we close as becoming a great leader of the big picture. I want to invite you to relax. Just relax. Get the big picture. You got a long way to go. Okay? You're just a kid. Lewis over here to my left, he's 25. You 25 yet, Lewis? He's 25 years old. Lewis, you got 40 years to hit your peak, all right? So relax. God is in your failures. He's in those failures and disappointments and setbacks. And God sees the big picture, and he's making you into a great leader. And there's not an experience or a circumstance or a situation or a dark night that's going to come into your life that God didn't see from all eternity. So be patient. Be patient. You cannot see that big picture. And don't jump around so quickly. I'm not saying you don't move and change your your external circumstances, but just don't do it quickly. Because when you're in a crisis, it's not the time to make a rash move. Just think of Moses with me for a minute. Think of Moses, you know, 40 years in the desert. The guy got started at 80. Think of Abraham. The guy got started at 75. And then he had major tests that followed. But after Abraham went through every major, major, Abraham Abraham had five or six major crises in his life that we know of. At 75, he, he leaves everything and goes to a land he knows not where. 
And then soon after that, he's got to leave Lot, his nephew, and separate. After that, he's got to get rid of it. He got Ishmael. He's got, he's got Ishmael. He's got a, his son he loves. He's got to send him off. He's got to sacrifice his son Isaac. He's 120 years old. But after every crisis, he gets a revelation of God that's fresh. He is transformed into every crisis. He becomes an even greater leader. That's why Abraham is called the father of us all. God is going to make you great. The way he's going to get you there is through testing, is through trials, is through sufferings. The key is that you stay with God in them. You learn, you listen, and you trust. He loves you. His hand is on you. He's chosen you. Your best years are ahead. And uh, so you want to look for older mentors who can help give you perspective. The culture says you should be a billionaire by 25. You should be talking the presidents of countries by your mid-20s. That's ridiculous, okay? It, 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 I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I mean it's just, it's, it's, it's an illusion. It's, it's like what they do with sex. It's an illusion in movies, all right? So I'm giving you a biblical perspective of how God makes great men and women. The big picture, and the answer is slowly and through tests. So bless you, wherever you are right now today listening to this podcast, whether you are in the car, in the shower, at a track meet, walking, you know, going for a walk, uh, surrender yourself to whatever circumstances you find yourself in. God is in there somewhere, and you want to ask the Lord, where are you? All right, God bless you. And, and uh, as we close this, let me invite you to go to our website, emotionallyhealthy.org. And uh, again, let me invite you to uh, look into the two courses that are just being released in August by Zondervan, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course and the Emotionally Healthy Relationship course, which is a discipleship that deeply changes lives. The foundation of great leadership is great discipleship. And so we've committed our life here at Emotionally Healthy Spirituality to bringing discipleship to churches that deeply changes people. Because I know that out of that foundation comes great leaders. And a lot of the themes I've talked about here, you will find in those two courses. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And thanks. Thanks.